September 1969. I heard a sound, and my heart leaped against my ribs. What could it be? I rushed to the window, held my breath, strained my ears. Cars roared along Bigelow Boulevard. Buses and trucks ground up Center Avenue. But I had heard a different noise, the clink of metal on brick. And I had to face a terrifying possibility. An intruder, maybe a murderer, was scaling the apartment building toward my window. Any minute, he would rip through the screen. Despite the September heat, I slammed the window shut. I walked away, then returned, tripping on the corner of the coffee table. Clunk. The window lock snapped like a jail cell door. And this sound scared me even more. What was the matter with me? I'd been fine in this apartment last night, my first night. But my parents had been here to keep me safe. Soon after they left, I began imagining dangers inside and outside the building. That they had both broken into tears saying goodbye hadn't helped. Daddy was always a blubberer, tearing up at every separation. But when Mom, the rock, began to cry... I decided I was in great peril. I sighed, remembering. I clicked on another lamp and brushed the TV. If I turned on the television full blast, I'd have company, maybe scare off the intruder. A floorboard creaked under my foot, throwing my heart into more rapid hammering. Oh, what was I doing here? In Pittsburgh, alone. Would people in the city hurry to my rescue? as they would have back in Conningham, my small Pennsylvania hometown. There I knew everyone. Here I didn't know a soul, at least not in the building. The one man I'd spoken to seemed elderly and deaf, incapable of protecting me even if he heard my screams. Terrific, I muttered, then spoke louder. Calm down, Sally. This is the top floor. A murderer would break into a first-floor apartment, surely. I listened to the melodramatic dialogue on the TV and sank onto my bed. Melodramatic. That was how I was acting. I massaged my neck, prickling with perspiration. This was ridiculous. I'd adjusted to new places before. Dormitories at Bucknell, where I'd gone to school, and three apartments in Long Beach, California, where I'd lived most recently— True, they hadn't been in the city, but there was another bigger difference. Back then, I could see. With one glance out the window, I could have assured myself that nobody was scaling the wall. Now, I was blind. Blind except for seeing light and dark, and a tiny bit of sight out of the lower quarter of my left eye. A door slammed across the hall, and I jumped as if hearing a gunshot. I hugged myself, feeling the dampness between my shirt and stomach. The heat in the room, the walls bore in on me. Slowly I began to rock. Oh no, rocking, one of the bizarre behaviors of the blind, providing stimulation, comfort. I was regressing. In another minute I would be in a fetal position. I stood and stepped cautiously around unpacked boxes to the door. I listened. My neighbor across the hall played a Paul Simon record.
Maybe he was young, like me. I should sashay right over there and knock on the door. Hi, I'd say. I came for a visit. Will you guide me to a chair? Meeting people was so difficult now. I shuddered. The Paul Simon fan could turn out to be the murderer. Stop it, I said, steadying myself against the wall. The blindness made such a big difference. I pressed my hand against my mouth. Above the blare of the television, another sound caught my ears, a low, rumbling groan. I swung around and tensed, but the groan came from me. I am losing my mind, I whispered. I walked over to my bed and pulled a heavy ceramic vase from the shelf above it. A weapon. I wouldn't succumb without a fight.